You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. Another couple things I wanted to talk about was the SEC... Um, they've now come out with a couple extra guidelines for the season. Um, you've probably already heard about limited stadium capacity, uh, no tailgating, all those kind of guidelines. Um, but they also added on a couple more, um, kind of getting a little more detailed with what that's going to look like, um, for this next season. And one of the interesting ones that I noted was, uh, each away team, is allotted essentially 500 tickets minimum. Like you, the so Auburn for Kentucky has to give Kentucky 500 tickets. It could be more, it could be, but it can't be less. Um, when you're talking about 500, I mean, probably talking about friends and family. <laughs> that's about it. Um, uh, you just listen. Thank you for saying that because I literally have been ra- I've been saying what is the point of this but you just hit the nail on the head. I think it might at least allow for friends and family. Yeah. I mean, and, say it's a four person yeah. family yeah. and you give it to the parents and then the other sibling. Yeah. That's three. That makes sense now. Three that per makes player. Sense now. Something like that. Uh, and then maybe, Hey, if you got to recruit in the Auburn area, maybe you give it to them. I don't know. Something along those lines. That makes sense. Now you make great points. I literally was thinking legit, just fans who have nothing to do other than be fans. And I'm like, 500, what is that going to matter? Um, <laughs> and you know, but now you make a good point and that's probably true. And there may, I mean, with that, I'm, there may be a handful of some wealthy donors that just want to spend the excessive amounts that I'm sure those tickets are going to be going for. Um, to just go to a, an away game like that. But I, I think far and away, it's probably going to be the friends and family of the players and the coaches. I, that's I just mean, my guess. Here's the thing about it. I'm not knocking anybody that wants to go to the game. I'm all for it. Um, but to me, the whole thing about going to a game is that you're around people. The cool thing about football is you get around people that you don't even know, don't even know the guy's name beside you. And if yep. it's a big play, you hug them, you yep. give high fives. You're not going to be able to be around anybody, I don't think, unless it's your family. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm all for anybody going. I'm not telling people not to go. You make that decision for yourself. But it's going to be a whole different setup than I, than what we're used to. Yeah. Um, well, and we kind of, uh, if you watched anything of the, the first college football game of Austin P, like that, that game, you look up in the stands, sure, they might have had a few more fans in a regular, normal times, but they were very much social distance. Like, every family or group of people were kind of just like sitting beside each other. And I, I just can't imagine uh, that being too much different in the SEC, especially with the pretty much stadiums being like for Auburn, it's going to be what essentially 17,000 fans throughout the stadium. It's probably going to look similar. 
It's going to yeah. look very bare for sure. Well, um, I mean, it looks bare when you have an A day, you know, standard mm-hmm. A day when you don't have a big recruit or coach for that new year, and and you're still looking at probably fifty thousand. So can you imagine? Like I've been in there and I'm like, wow, this isn't a big crowd. And then you hear the announcement, fifty thousand, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, that's not bad. So yeah. Can you imagine seventeen thousand? Yeah. It's going to look real bare. And everybody's going to be so spread out. I just, it's going to be so weird. It is going to um, be weird, man. The good thing is, and I think we might've talked about this, but I just wanted to bring it up at least for the first game. It's going to be a lot of students. Um, I think even yeah. my sister who's a student in Auburn got a ticket for that first game. Like they're really trying to pack in as many students for that game, which I, Hey, I'm all for that. I, I would love to get as many students into every single game. Um, if possible, even uh, and that's a big hit on the university because they're not getting the profits from the donors and the other people that are buying tickets. I was highly surprised they announced that. Good, good, good for them to do that because you're right; it's going to be a huge fun. in a in a year where you need to get every single penny you can out of it. It would have been very easy to say we're only giving these to the top donors, and I don't know what the rest of the year is going to look like. But yeah, I mean that's going to be a huge hit for them to give those to students and. um you know, kudos to them for doing that. Yeah. Another couple of things that uh, the SEC uh, announced for their guidelines for the season. Um, and this was very unfortunate, I think, for a, I'm just thinking about all of my band friends that I knew in high school and college where they, they're not allowed to march um, on the field before or during halftime. And that's a lot of the fun of being in band is marching out of that tunnel really quick or, uh, doing a halftime routine. And, and that includes the dance line, the majorettes, everybody. Um, that That's going to hurt. Um, and it's, I don't even know. Like, what what are they going to do during halftime? Like, my, my first thought was do something similar to what you do for, like, a basketball game where you have, like, the, the Frisbee dogs that you throw 50 <laughs> yards down the field. I the Frisbee dogs. Like, I mean – uh, that and maybe like uh maybe do like a bmx trick i don't know like <laughs> that's the weird have... it's gonna be so interesting is it just gonna be oh we're gonna play some music during halftime and everybody go get a drink if they want and go to the bathroom i don't know <laughs> it's gonna be weird i mean i guess they're really just setting this up for tv all i know they're gonna allow people in but essentially they're just they're anything that doesn't affect the tv side of it they're kind of cutting out so you know, it is kind of, it's, you know, for the, for the, you're right, for the people that work hard, because those band members, I mean, they work, they work very hard as well, and they're not going to get to march, and some of them are seniors, um, and the reality is, too, that's like, that's what gets, that's what kicks the game off. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the, the guy that throws the, or the female that throws the, whatever you want to call it, into the ground. Oh, yeah. And we, you know, we, we say, War Eagle, hey, and each side turns to the fans, and, it's just going to be weird. I mean, I know I keep saying that, but there's just no way to avoid it. Yeah, and I am glad that the bands are going to be allowed in the stadium. Because I, I, the ACC already said no bands, I don't I think, at all in the stadiums, which I was thinking that's, that's going to be even more weird because what makes a good college environment, in my opinion, a lot of times, not only the fans, but the band that plays. Like, that's so uniquely high school and then leads into college and that's just going to be gone for the ACC but thankfully the SEC sounds like they're at least going to allow it and I'm sure 
um, they're going to find a way. Like I've, I've heard, and I, I don't think this is reported anywhere, but I think it it's going to they're split up into like group A. So like half the band's going to play for these certain weeks and then group B. So it's not going to be the full like whatever 400 person band that we normally have that's there for every game. It'll be essentially like a glorified like pet band that's a little bit bigger than a pet band. Hey, it'll be something. And I think that'll be fine. Um, another thing that the SEC is uh, also doing is uh, the they're also doing no team recognitions, which I thought was kind of get it. Like you don't want a bunch of like I'm thinking this year, 2020. It's a 10 year for the 2010 uh, National Football Championship team. And you don't want all of them coming together, congregating and doing the normal like reunion kind of stuff that happens for those. I kind of get it. But at the same time, like that's gonna, uh, like I would, I would, if I was on that team, I'd be pretty mad. I'd be like, I'd, I'd want to come back for a big celebration, like the ten years of we won a national championship, and it's the second only one officially, or at least right now, for Auburn. Um, and then on top of that, the SEC cha- title for the equestrians, like they're not gonna be able to come and have a celebration like that. Um, and really, I mean, come on. The question should have had a national championship. Let's be honest. (laughs) They dominated everybody this year. I I will. Let me, I'm going to agree with you and add a point. I I agree with you on that. I think when you go a step further, realizing that it's not going to be a lot of fans there, um, maybe it will be better to push it to next year so that they can have like a true hero's welcome, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, like homecoming I mean, the roar, type, the, yeah. the, the roar of that 2010 class is going to get will be you know matched only by a touchdown in that game. So I agree with you. It's not good. Um, I think the end result might be better if, in 2011 when we bring them in. Pretend like 2020 never happened, which I'm already starting to do that <laughs> in, in all of my life. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that it'll, they'll at least get the true heroes welcome, if you will. Yeah. Um, when when we're able to fully have a packed house. Yeah, um, I I think that would be a good approach. Taking it next year, going and doing it next year, even though it's not going to be the ten year, but hey, we're still celebrating you, um, and that that'll be enough for everybody. That's, I think that's not why the the SEC is doing it because I'm sure Saban said he didn't want Auburn to celebrate the ten years of uh, come the comeback. <laughs> so that's probably why they're truly doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that. Um, I think that it will possibly benefit us to have a packed house next year to bring them back. Yeah. Um, um, one other thing, and this isn't anything the SEC said, but I was noticing it in the first college football game. The refs were using electronic whistles because they were wearing usually like the gator mask. Like, so you can't really have a whistle under there and unless I guess, you, <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> no. Um, so they were actually using electric whistles. Um, that seemed to work pretty well. Um, I didn't see any issues with it, at least the parts of the game I watched. Um, so I'd, I'd expect that to probably be at most football games. Um, because I'm sure there's going to be a requirement of refs also have to wear masks, um, while, uh, refing the game or something like that. Can I go off topic for a second? Sure. I watched last night. The Braves were playing the Phillies, and there was a bad call in, in favor of the Braves. And the Phillies manager came out in the ninth inning, and he was yelling 
and the umpire had to keep reminding him to get six feet away. <laughs> and then, and the Phillies manager's mask keeps coming down because when if you've ever tried to talk at all with a mask on, it's hard, and he's yelling, and he has to keep adjusting it. And the umpire's telling him to back up, and it was it was kind of funny. It was quite humorous. So I, I think there's going to be. I mean, obviously there is major severity to to corona so i'm not taking that lightly but that was a funny moment of all right here's some things we've had to do to adjust and it was, <laughs> it was pretty fun to watch it play out that is pretty good like i'm, I'm it kind of reminds me of like a boxing match or something where like uh stop hugging each other you know get away like get away yeah, like, he was he was he was literally he had to like yeah it was like a dancing match he's like he kept coming towards him he's like back up <laughs> so and he kept adjusting his mask and then he got tossed out that's uh that's hey, that's great. I mean, I, I, yeah. And these kind of really interesting things, like we're gonna look back on and be like, this is the weirdest year of all, like probably most of our lives, because of just how much everything's had to change. Um, but that's another topic for another day. Um, normally during the season, we do an Auburn fan perspective on the SEC, and uh, well, there's some stuff going on in the SEC, obviously. But I kind of just wanted to look at the college football realm and what's going on as a whole. Um, and a couple of things going on with that, um, just to kind of round out this show. Um, well, one of them, uh, the wide receiver for LSU, if you haven't heard Lamar chase is now opting out for this season. And, uh, if you didn't think LSU's offense was going to be struggling without their phenomenal quarterback, uh, yeah, you're not, this is going to be even more rough, like to have pretty much your top threat gone. AJ, what's your forty time, man? They may need mm. you. I mean, I, I mean, when I was in high come school, in it was like four eight, maybe. <laughs> yeah, mine's, mine's like not two anymore. And a half days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's that team's been depleted, man. And I mean, I just they'll probably come in and beat us now that I'm saying all this. But whew, I'm telling you, they've uh, they're loaded. I mean, they always recruit yeah. well, but they literally lost everybody, including the mastermind behind the offense so well, that too it's going to be interesting for them man yeah um another team that it kind of caught our eye and i think it caught your eye jared was uh clemson and davo sweeney uh he apparently took a six hundred thousand dollar pay cut this season um and i think your your point was is this going to be what happens with some of these uh bigger schools that there, you know, Gus Malzahn, he's making six, seven million a year. Is he going to take a pay cut just to maybe save a, a tennis program or something at the school? Do you think that that'll become a thing? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, every there, everything is more complex than it looks on the surface. So it's easy to say, yes, let's do that to save a tennis team. Um, I, I think it will probably become a trend. And I know you were using an example. I think it will because of that. I think one thing that's probably going to come out of this, and if any, Gus, if you're listening, I love you, but I think the biggie that's going to come out is I think we may kind of set the clock back a little bit on contracts because they had kind of ballooned pretty heavy. Mm. Um, I mean, if I'm thinking about it, AJ, and I could be wrong, but we literally almost skipped about four years of inflation when saving came in because it was, I remember when a coach was making $1.5 million and that was like a top-end coach. Heck yeah. Yeah. Saban comes in and boom, we shoot up to six million right away. We yep. skipped like four years of building up and and now they've just gotten out of control. Um and so 
I wonder if this will kind of set that back a little bit. I know your question was different, but I did want to make that point too. I wonder if this will kind of reset that a little bit. Mm. Um, no, yeah, good, we'll be I mean, that's a, that's another kind of global thing. Is that going to happen in college football? I th- think it could. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it's ever going to go back down. It's not like mm. Gus is going to renegotiate and be like, Oh, instead of 7 million a year, I'm going to be <laughs> five and a half million. Like, that would be the dumbest contract ever. He wouldn't do that. But no, I, I don't think, think for future I think new contracts. So yeah, I think I don't know how you work that because you're right. You've already built this threshold. I think that the ones that are locked in are locked in. But I think when those terms run out, and there's no there's no union or anything controlling this, so any school can do what they want. But I do wonder if they're like, hey guys, we got to be a little more fiscally responsible here because if another pandemic happens again, we have to be more prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I'll be honest with you, and then I'll get off this topic. I don't care if you pay a coach $20 million for a year. I really don't. My biggie is the buyout. The buyout is what is ruining some universities. Yes. Um, because it, it ties their hands, and there are still programs who are paying coaches that hadn't coached there for four years. <laughs> and to me, that just really – and there's nothing they can do. They have to do that to get the coach. And if it doesn't work out, it ties their hands. So I think – I'm okay with single year big salaries, but I think we got to do work on. I would be, I would like it if they would work on buyout restructuring. Yeah, and that would be kind of nice. I mean, I'm just thinking about when we had the 2012 year with Gene Chizik and we fired him. Like he still got paid plenty of years after, and then that I'm sure cut into Gus's initial pay. But hey, Gus was essentially a a new fresh blood in the SEC for head coaching. Um, and you're thinking, uh, all right, cool. Well, I mean, I guess while he's kind of making his own name and now become a pretty well-known head coach in SEC, I mean, we're paying him more and more. But, man, that it's, it's rough. And I'm just thinking about the Auburn situation. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of others like um, Arkansas. I mean, they just had Chad Morris, and I'm pretty sure he had a pretty good buyout um, to get out of there. And you can't really bring in the top-notch coach that you really want. So it just kind of pushes your program back even further because you just you just don't have the funds to to give to get what you want. No, and I mean I'm not gonna you know listen. These schools sign up for this, but you know the problem is you have a lot of presidents, especially in our case, we have presidents that are signing these deals who really don't know much about sports, and yeah, they're yeah. getting taken to the cleaners by people who are professional negotiators. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what they do, and so I think at the end of the day. It would be great if a school could make a decision based off of what is what do we need to do at this moment? What's the best move versus well, we can't afford to do it, so we got to keep running our program in the ground. And you know, I just at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's probably never going to change. But it, it, I'm okay with people making a lot of money in a year. I think that maybe we could look at the buyout. Is really what I was, you know, kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a I think that's a good compromise, and I think something that. I'd be curious to see if that really does like universities get burned so quickly and by probably multiple coaches, if they start changing how they negotiate and say, sorry, you just, you have a $50 million buyout. Mm, sorry. We're not going to no, no go down, go down a lot, go down to like 10 million. Okay. Now we can start talking. And that's and maybe, fair to me. Maybe to me you and make an extra, that's fair. And, and, Maybe you make Listen, a little bit extra each year, um, but as yeah. long as you're a head coach, I agree you should be paid. But like the buyout thing is just can be uh, it burns everybody. 
Well, it's also crazy that, I mean, I don't know anything. <laughs> Me and you, AJ, and, and I don't, maybe your job does, but <laughs> I'm in the wrong profession to get, you get paid a ton of money to get fired. I mean, I mm-hmm. would be punting on first down. I'm like, yeah, where's right. the incentive to do well? So, so um, I know Gus doesn't do that. Listen, coaches don't do that. They're competitive in nature, but it's kind of counterproductive if you think we have to pay you 50 million to fire you. Mm-hmm. Um, so where's the incentive to work hard? But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. It could be interesting though, to see if that does play a, a factor in, in future contracts. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Um, another thing we've already mentioned is the Big Ten starting their season in November. But Jared, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna spin this back to you. Do you think they'll actually start in November? I have no idea. I don't even know if the Big Ten knows what month it is right now. I mean, there <laughs> that whether they should play or not is not really my debate. I'm not I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but the way they handle that is a complete debacle. We have presidents coming out. From, we had athletic directors initially saying that we didn't have a vote. And everybody said, yeah, you had a vote. You just weren't involved because we know you want to play. And then presidents finally came out and said, yeah, we didn't have an official vote. Um, and now the Big Ten's coming out saying they did have an official vote. And oh, my gosh. I, heard the, I read where the attorney for the Big Ten essentially said if, if the true reason for not playing comes out, it could be detrimental to the Big Ten. Essentially was summarizing what he was saying because Nebraska players are suing him. I thought that was very weird to say hmm. that – if we knew truly what happened, it could be detrimental. So I don't know what that means. What does that even mean? Do they just not uh, want to play at all? Like I don't know what that means. But as far as if they actually mm-hmm. play, I, no, I don't think they do. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, they're going to be playing. I mean, like, the, right now they're the only other conference starting in November. So I guess they just play interconference and play kind of similar to the sec but like that's going to be weird i don't i don't know because that's going to really bleed into even more of college basketball season i don't know i'm just thinking i mean i'm not going to complain if the football season i guess if they start november probably goes into february i'm not going to complain but no it'll be something to watch but it'll just be weird and i i don't know i don't know what the struggle is there in the sense of 
I, I just don't know that they had enough people on board with the plan. And so there's been a lot of pushback. And so that's, I don't know who's leaking the info that they may play. Maybe it's the people that are hoping they do, but I've not really heard anything from the top that indicates they are going to change course. And I'm not saying they should. I'm not telling anybody what to do. I think, though, that <laughs> I don't know if they were all on the same page. Yeah. Um, and I don't that's think... a pretty big business to not be on the same page. At least. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like that would be like your parent company just being like, hey, we're going to make this decision that's going to essentially shut you down. And Jared, you, sorry, you can't run your own business now. And you're like, how am I going to live? <laughs> how am I going to yeah. run this university? Yeah, and I know we all look at it as, hey, it's just sports. And I get that. But look, we've already talked on the last podcast to how sports can be very important to our emotional state. There's a lot of good things about sports. But we talked about it before. Joe Burrow said, and I truly think it's very possible that he would just be an average person looking for a normal job if this happened last year. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of people's lives who will be changed for the better if they are allowed to play. And I'm not saying that's why you do it, but I do think you at least let's get on the same page. Let's yeah. make sure we understand the brevity of this. And, you know, so um, have we talked real quick about Gus's press conference and Auburn players? Uh, a little yeah. bit, but what, what did you want to talk about? Well, I didn't know. So, I, one thing I learned real quick. I know. I know we probably got to get out of here, but I didn't realize. So, there's a ten day that I think the CDC changed. Okay, ten days if you know quarantining. But then there's an extra seven days they go through before they can actually start practicing, and I think that's to make sure there's no health issues, um, mm. severe health issues. So we're essentially looking at seventeen days from anybody that has it now before they can actually practice. Wow. I mean, that's what's your what's your thoughts? Like, what's the impact at at this point? Let me ask it this way. Mm-hmm. At this point, if somebody has to wait 17 days to practice, are they playing week one? Um, Probably not. I mean, uh, unless you're you were a starter last year. And even then, I mean, if you're you're having to go through that, even if you say don't have any symptoms at all, that's 17 days of probably not being in the locker room um, or the weight room, for that matter, kind of getting your body, keeping your body in shape because you got to be quarantined. And then on top of that, being on the the game plan, kind of that kind of stuff. Maybe they can zoom you in, but that's really like, you're not there. You're not in practice. Like, man, that's going to be so rough. And I'm just thinking about the guys that just test positive and we're what, 28 days, something like that, 27 days from actually playing a football game. And that's, that's going to be I mean, tough for them because they're going to have maybe two weeks if they, for some reason, they don't have any. I mean, even if say tomorrow they're they're done, they test negative, it's going to be rough to get back um, because of that extra little buffer that they added in there. So, man, that's yeah, I hadn't thought about that. And, and think about the season. I mean, say somebody if game one they play, but then they test positive the next week. They're essentially out for two weeks after, if not three, just depending on practice and that kind of stuff. If we don't, and I'm not saying change it for football, but if the CDC doesn't put out more info that says, okay, now we were wrong, you need five days or something. If we don't change the way it is right now, yes, if somebody tests positive, they essentially, without a doubt, miss two football games. Yep. Am I, am I, are we understanding that correctly with the math? Yeah. I mean, that's two football games and then half of the following week of practice, depending on when you get it. Yeah. But, and yeah, if I mean, you, 
And if you do experience like the flu-like symptoms and you, there are some ramifications outside of just, I got coronavirus, I was asymptomatic, you're, it's going to take you longer for your body to get back into top football shape. Um, yeah, I remember Freddie Freeman for the Braves, they were talking to, you know, Snitaker for, he's the manager, and he said, uh, he's like, yo, you know, Freddie really battled. I mean, he had he had a tough time with it, luckily not bad enough to go to the hospital, but he made the comment that he was going to be a little longer delayed. You're right, because he had actual complications of it. Now, I will say Gus said, and this is not always the case, he did say, somebody worded the question, and I don't remember exactly, but I got the impression he said that the majority, if not everybody, is doing okay with it right now, meaning there was no serious symptoms from it. But, you know, we both know that this is a weird virus, and that may come a few days later. Yeah, yeah, and that's where Hopefully they... Hopefully not, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, but the, I do appreciate that they're taking the extra precaution just to make sure nothing bad does happen. Um, oh, without a doubt, you, we're, you don't that. what you don't listen. We all want our star players out there. I do mm-hmm. better, worse than anybody, but you do not want to play around with this. There's just too many unknowns. We may five years from now realize we were over the top with this, and I honestly hope that's the case. I hope we're being over the top. I hope it's not truly that severe to these players. Um, uh, you know, but we won't know that. We just don't know. So you yep. got to be very cautious. Yep. Um, our final topic, and this is uh, kind of going to wrap us up. So I wanted to look at uh, a few of the Auburn players that transferred from Auburn and where they ended up landing. Um, because uh, when we were recording this, uh, one of them, Asa Martin, um, actually not Asa Martin, uh, Booby Whitlow. Sorry, um, he transferred officially to Western Illinois, and I was like. Okay, so that just sounds like a weird place to go where it's not even a – I mean, they're FCS team, and they play in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but they aren't even playing this year. They're, they they plan to play in the spring. I don't know. That just seems like a weird thing. That is that is very weird. I don't understand that at all. I mean, um, I mean you go from – you probably are first or second string, maybe third string at worst at Auburn to – you may not even get to play this next season. Are, are there things about Booby that we don't know and never will? Like, are there character things? Because I don't understand how he couldn't have landed. I mean, Booby Whitlow was not a bad running back. Now, I mean, yeah. you know, he had his moments where he did some boneheaded things, but I'm surprised he didn't land somewhere that could use him right now at even a right? bigger school. And yeah. at least tried the transfer. I mean, they're giving, they're, they're throwing darts to blindfolded darts as to whether they give you a transfer waiver or not he might could have got one i mean that's uh, possible i mean i was thinking the same thing why not switch to an acc or another top power five team that needs somebody or even a lower top five uh power five conference team and, and they're probably going to love you and you're going to be starting and playing yeah. so much for them but if that's you go to western illinois like I'm, I'm thinking the odds of you because they're, they're always looking for the nfl they're looking towards that future I don't, I don't know. I mean, unless you just put up ridiculous numbers up there, but then the but scouts are going to like you pointed out. Like that's that's the most like I could justify maybe going to an FCS team, but they're not even playing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand. That's why I'm wondering are there are character issues that pe- teams keep calling mm. Gus and and then they say okay and they move a different direction and this is all we can find. I don't know. I'm not trying to say there is about Booby. I'm just trying to connect the dots as to why he would go to that team who's not even playing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I I never heard anything at Auburn. Um, I didn't either. 
and I feel like that kind of stuff usually does come out, especially yeah, with point. how how Gus. If you're you're a bad morally, you're just I don't know breaking all the rules, whatever. Gus is gonna sit your butt down on the bench, um, and I don't remember him doing that unless he was great injured. Point. That's a great point. Um, but still, it's very odd. Um, another one, Asa Martin. Uh, he transferred to Memphis. Um, if you remember him from I think maybe two years ago. Um, I mean, he just yeah. really didn't play very much, um, and uh, he 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 doesn't sound like he's going to win this spot in Memphis and probably at least according to some people at Memphis are probably going to be like third string. And you're just like, I mean, Hey, good for you. You got a, you got a position, but like, man, that's rough. Um, and he'd probably be much long, lower at, uh, at Auburn. Let's be honest with tank Bigsby and everybody else in the, the running back room right now. But again, it's yeah. kind of rough. Yeah. That's weird. He, he, uh, I think I remember, was it Rock Thomas? He transferred to and never really became what we thought, but I, he did yeah. make it in the pros. I don't know if he's still in the pros. I was surprised by that. But, yeah, Ace, Asa was that – he was a four or five star, and he was a stud, supposedly, and he got a few carries. And then, yeah, for him to not be – for him, if it's third on the depth chart at Memphis, um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I would have expected it to be different than that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then another one, uh, Joey Gatewood. Um, I, yeah, I think we've talked about him multiple weeks at this point uh transferring to Kentucky but I just uh, I keep checking I feel like every week has he been granted eligibility and he still hasn't uh, like Kentucky filed out filled out all the paperwork and stuff early in the summer but they still haven't heard back anything from the NCA which what again is, the, is what is the NCA waiting on I mean what, if, I don't know like like at this point you either say yes or no what else is, are they going to present that and maybe they have told Kentucky and there's just not been any release about it because it wasn't a, a good answer. I don't know. Maybe they do know. But I, it sounds like you're checking on this and they don't know. I mean, I, I, won't, I mean, he played for Auburn. I was a fan of Joey Gatewood. I was in his corner. And I, I, I would love to see him play. I would love to see him play against Auburn and it be a competitive game. Listen, I, being able to freely transfer would ruin the sport that I've come to love. But for the sake of the kids, it's the best option. I mean, at, and at this point with a crazy 2020 and the players that they have in the past let play and then not, just let the kid play. Right. I mean, I don't want him to come in and beat Auburn, but from Joey Gatewood's perspective, he ain't done anything wrong. Let right. the kid play. I mean, I you know. so and, and you got the opposite of everybody can opt out this year. Like yeah, it's so just a, just, yeah, it's um, just a, why why are just, you restricting certain players from not even be able to play when he he's had so much time? I mean, he what, what was it like sixth, seventh, eighth week or whatever at Auburn, and he was like, "All right, bye, I'm out of here. I'm jumping in the transfer portal." And it's not like he waited until the last minute to transfer or anything. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think you know, and you make a great point. So, and people may not know AJ. I don't know if we hit on it. I mean, essentially, the NCAA has come out and said. Uh, whether you play or not this year, it doesn't count towards your eligibility. Yeah. So um, essentially Bo Nix could play this year and not lose a year of eligibility. Now the reality is I want Bo Nix to have to leave early. I want him to be that good because <laughs> um, that's good for Auburn. Yeah. But if let's say he's real, let's say he's no offense to Aaron Murray, but let's say he's like an Aaron Murray, really good, but not great. Mm. Wins a lot of football games. That means we got more years with Bo Nix. Yep. Um, so, you know, it, but yeah, that that's a rule that I don't even know if we've hit on. You're right. They came out and said that they already signed it into effect, I think. You can play 
and not lose eligibility. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a very interesting thing to see for the uh, the I don't know middle tier kind of players. Have to see how they're they're they'll do. I think regardless, the top tier players are just going to do what they probably would normally do after I three years right. of college and it, go to the NFL. But the middle tier, that's going to be maybe five potential years of being in college where you're actually playing. Well, let's say real quick, Eli Stove. So mm. essentially, Eli Stove could play again next year for Auburn. So he'd be like a seventh year senior. Yeah, because I feel like Eli's <laughs> on that cusp. No offense to Eli, I love you if you're listening. I think you're a great player, and you won the Oregon game for us by, you know, pointing to Bo that you're wide open. But um, I think at the end of the day, I think he's one of those that could benefit from this and come back and play again, and that could be huge, man. Because because at this Seth Seth will be eligible to go pro. Mm-hmm. You never know what Schwartz is going to do with his track career. So. I mean, it could be huge. It could, be, and and the weird thing is, like, what do we do with scholarships at this point? You usually kind of cycle those out, right? Yeah. So you're like, all right, you're losing, you know, you're losing enough players every year to bring new ones in. Are they going to expand these scholarships? Can schools afford that? Yeah, it's going to be especially weird. with this weird year. How much are they actually going to gain? Because I already know of a few donors that have already said we're not donating this year for season tickets, which is a lot of usually how they give scholarships to players and that's not going to be there. So like, how, uh, yeah, you got a good point scholarships and how they're going to handle that. Um, and the way the NCAA is probably going to do it, they're probably going to let each conference kind of figure out what they want to do, which I think is probably BS. They should, <laughs> yeah. they should probably say, no, you get this number of scholarships, no matter what, sorry. Um, you can have lots of extra preferred walk-ons or something like that, but pfft, I don't know. I, I heard uh, uh, there was a great quote that I heard. There was a guy who was talking about one of the programs they were doing for small businesses um, during when this first started, and he said that, that, that the government essentially, because they kept changing rules, he said they're essentially building the plane in the air. And mm. that line yep. has kind of stuck with me, and I've used it several times, and I feel like that's what we're doing here. All these questions we're coming up with, they're just, they got to figure it out on the fly. They're building this thing in the air. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're saying 50,000 feet or 30,000 feet in the air. You're up there. All right. Put and, some wings on. And they're building the plane. And I don't know what else you do. I mean, there's no, they are creating the path for this. There is no path. So, um, you know, we're going to learn a lot from it. And hopefully, no player gets really sick from it. And hopefully, we get to enjoy a little football in a couple of weeks. That's so true. Looking forward to it. Uh, Jerry, before we get out of here, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, just on Facebook. Under my name, it's uh, uh, Jared Davis. And on Instagram, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?